Thanksgiving is here. Welcome in to the final show of the week as we've got Turkey Day Thursday. The Y'all Show here on this Wednesday will be off Thursday and will also be off Friday. Celebrating the holiday. Hopefully you all as well will be having a great Thanksgiving across the Southland and having great food and great fellowship with those you love. We love having you be a part of our program that we call the Y'all Show. We broadcast on great radio stations each and every day, and we also are available in podcast form for those of you who catch us that way. Thank you very much for taking that time to find us, and we hope we deliver lots of good information to you on a daily basis about what's going on in the South, things you can't find anywhere else because we put a southern lens on the headlines of the day, and we also bring you elements of Southern culture that you're not going to find anywhere else. I promise you on that one. On this Y'all Show Thanksgiving Eve edition, we've got headlines that we'll be going through today as we've got a lot of people traveling, millions and millions and millions, I would say tens of millions of people traveling for the Thanksgiving couple of days off that people get. I won't put it over 100 million at this point. I think the estimate we mentioned on Tuesday show about 55 million travelers across the nation here for this Thanksgiving holiday. We'll tell you about some of the record estimates, et cetera, et cetera, in our news headlines today. Today is November 22nd. That means today is the 60th anniversary, sadly, of the assassination of John F. Kennedy. We'll walk through some of that terrible day in American history and what it means 60 years later. Also, speaking of conspiracies, as the JFK assassination has always had conspiracies, even from the time it happened, there have been conspiracies on JFK. Well, there are also conspiracies on January 6, 2021, and the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, recently authorized lots more videos to be released, and we've got some information on that. In fact, Tuesday, it showed up on my YouTube feed. I found some kind of newly released video that I watched, and it was pretty wild to see it because I'd never seen January 6th from this particular angle, and it was body cam of some of the Capitol Hill police officers, and they absolutely screwed up these police officers with their tear gas canister. (laughs) And I'll tell you about that, and is this part of the reason the Capitol got invaded was the dereliction of Capitol Hill police. It sure sure seems like it could be a plausible theory and a defense for some of those people who are in jail and have been in jail for quite some time. We'll talk about that. Plus, we've got an update on the flu and COVID as it's making an unfortunate turn for the worse here. And we've got information on where the flu, RSV, and COVID are on the rise as Thanksgiving hits us here this week. That's coming up in our news headlines today. We also have in our opening hour of the Y'all Show, hashtag hullabaloo. And in that hashtag hullabaloo fun today, I'm going to tell you about the bloody shoe affair. What's that about? Well, you'll just have to stick around and we'll get to it later on this hour. Hour two today of the Y'all Show, we've got Paul Hare. He's going to be checking in as he's got his financial report for the week early this week, since we're, we'll be off the air both Thursday and Friday. Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group 
with his report coming up as part of our Southern Business Spotlight. Also in our second hour today, we've got our Southern Food for Thought, and we're going to tell you more about Baskin-Robbins and their turkey cake. If you have that last-minute need for something sweet and you don't want to necessarily cook it yourself, you might want to consider Baskin-Robbins and turkey cake, (laughs) and it will keep you from having to cook, and you'll be sure to make people smile because oftentimes we don't think of ice cream on Thanksgiving Day, but thanks to this particular turkey cake, I think we'll be all right. We've got that coming hour number two. Hour three today, Kiefer Ingalls is going to be coming in. Kiefer, of course, helps us as he's our pigskin prognosticator, and he's going to help us walk through the Egg Bowl, which is going down Thursday night on ESPN between the University of Mississippi and a beleaguered Mississippi State University football team. The Battle of Mississippi goes down at Davis Wade Stadium Thursday. He's going to tell us about the Iron Bowl and all the other great games going on this weekend. Plenty of games on Friday, and then a whole host of rivalry games coming down on Saturday across college football. Kiefer Ingalls, the pigskin prognosticator, He'll be in in our final hour today, and also we'll leave you today with some fun in our final hour. We've got, courtesy of It's a Southern Thing on YouTube, a great little video that we'll play every Southerner on Thanksgiving. I think you'll enjoy hearing what these comedians have to say out of Birmingham on that little feature we call our Southern Humor Spotlight. That's in our final hour. To reach us here at the Y'all Show, we welcome all feedback. You can reach us via text at 615-208-4184, or you can email us, M-A-I-L, mail at Y-A-L-L dot com, mail at y'all dot com, the ways that you can reach out and connect with us here, the show that shakes the Southland. We are the Y'all Show. So it is Thanksgiving, and people are traveling, and there are record crowds expected at airports and on the road. So be very careful. Millions of people flying today, the busiest day, Today, yesterday was pretty dang busy as well if you're flying around the country. I saw a graphic. I don't even know what channel it was I was on. I saw a graphic where they had the current map that shows where all the flights are in the air. And it was a really cool graphic. But the whole country, minus a certain area of New Mexico and maybe Wyoming, there was there was a plane somewhere on, in in the entire country that was currently en route at that time. I mean, even Schenectady had a plane flying over it, which probably wouldn't be that hard since I guess it's close enough to New York City. Uh, I'm picking on you, Yankees. Yes, it, it's pretty pretty busy if you're flying or traveling today. The Transportation Security Administration expects to see. About 2.6 million passengers today. They had about that same amount on Tuesday. Now, Sunday is going to have the largest crowds because people are going to be trying to get back. As they expect the TSA, nearly 3 million passengers going through their gates on Sunday. That will eclipse a record set back on June 30th, which was going into the 4th of July holiday Triple A forecasts that 55.4 million Americans are going to travel at least 50 miles from home with roads likely to be most clogged today. So be very careful out there. Buckle up. In fact, I was planning on hitting the road today. I am seriously thinking about delaying my trip until early on Thursday. Getting up early, 
and hitting the road where hopefully not too many people will be out there. I might have to dodge a couple of deer on the highway instead of turkeys. But, uh, yeah, just, just be very, very careful. Most of our bad weather has kind of gone through. We had lots of rain earlier in the week in certain portions of the south, on the Gulf Coast, in the Mid-South, and more. But that front has kind of pushed through. And at least Tuesday night there was a lot of rain going on on the Mid-Atlantic section of the south. But most of that's kind of clearing up now. So we shouldn't have too big of an issue weather-wise if you're having to hit the road out there. And just, again, buckle up, let's be safe, and let's all get back together next week for some more y'all fun. We're going to have more y'all fun as we continue on. When we come back after the break, it is November 22nd, and that is a solemn day in American history as we lost John F. Kennedy on this day in history 60 years ago today. And as we return from the break, we'll come back and tell you a little bit more about the assassination and also what it means 60 years later. All that on the show about the South, where y'all will be right back. In 43, they put to sea 13 men and Kennedy aboard the PT-109 to fight the brazen enemy. And off the Isle of Olisana, in the strait beyond Nauru, a Jap destroyer in the night cut the 109 in two. Smoke and fire upon the sea, everywhere they looked was the enemy. The heathen gods of old Japan, yeah, they thought they had the best of a mighty good man. And on the coast of Colabangaro, look into his telescope. Australian Evans saw the battle, for the crew had little hope. Two were dead, some were wounded, all were clinging to the bow. Fighting fire and a fighting water, trying to save their lives somehow. Smoke and fire upon the sea, everywhere they looked was the enemy. The heathen gods of old the best of a mighty good man McMahon the Irishman was burned so badly he couldn't swim leave me here go on he said cause if you don't we'll all be dead the PT skipper couldn't leave him a man to die alone at sea and with a strap between his teeth he towed the Irishman to the sea The heathen gods of old Japan, yeah, they thought they had the best of a mighty good man. That right there from 1962, that's Jimmy Dean and PT-109, of course, a song about John F. Kennedy's service in World War II as Kennedy fighting in the Pacific had that little boat, the PT-109. I say little compared to a, like a battleship or an aircraft carrier, but it was attacked by the Japanese and Kennedy and his crew had to fight for their lives, and Kennedy would go on from that experience serving in the Navy in World War II to be elected as a U.S. Senator from Massachusetts and ultimately elected President of the United States in 1960. And 
would begin his service as president in 1961. We know that on this day in history, November 22nd, 1963, 60 years ago today, Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas. We're back here on the Y'all Show, John Rawl. Unfortunately, I was not alive in 1963, but if you were alive on that fateful day in November, you know exactly, if you were old enough, you know exactly what you were doing the minute you heard that Kennedy had been shot or possibly that Kennedy had been assassinated. Walter Cronkite, of course, breaking the news on CBS and all the other news outlets of the day breaking into their coverage. I'm sure at some point, even if you weren't alive, you've seen those highlights and the real infancy of broadcast television and live television from that time period. And it's just, it's still eerie. It's almost like if you weren't there, you've seen this news report. You've seen the Zapruder film. It's almost like you were there. And I've been to Dallas. I've been to Dealey Plaza. I've been to the sixth floor museum there. And all that seems just so familiar. And I'm sure most of you, again, if you weren't even alive in 63, you you probably have a similar feeling about it. It was such a tragedy. How the most powerful country in the world could have its leader gunned down on a beautiful Friday in Dallas, Texas. That's what happened on this day 60 years ago. Now, we've got some information coming in about the 60th anniversary of the JFK assassination, as there will be observances in Dallas and more. And there are still some survivors who saw the assassination. One of those is a lady named Peggy Simpson. And she was an AP reporter that rushed to the scene after the bullets rang out in Dallas, Texas. And she's got a nice little interview that's posted up at AP.com right now about her experience as she attached herself to the Dallas police officers who had went into the building searching for wherever the gunshots came from. And she says in this article, I was sort of under their armpit that every time she was able to get any information from them, she would rush to a payphone to call her editors and then go back to the cops. And this lady, 84 years old, is among the last surviving witnesses who are still sharing their stories about the 1963 assassination of John F. Kennedy. I think one of the Secret Service guys is still alive, too, and has done interviews and such. If he's recently passed away, a couple of those people have really good documentaries you can find on YouTube and more. And just like you probably, I mean, if you, again, may not even have been alive in 63, I have watched countless movies and documentaries and more about this. It's it's something that captivates the country. And here, 60 years later, we're talking about it. We'll always talk about the death of John F. Kennedy. The, de- the death of what they call it, of Camelot. Camelot came to an end when he was gunned down just after noon. About 12.30 was the estimated time in Dallas, that's central time, when he was killed there in Dealey Plaza. 
And not only was, of course, Kennedy killed, the Dallas policeman also killed that same day, J.D. Tippett, an Army veteran. I think he was in the 17th Airborne Division during World War II. And Lee Harvey Oswald, the assassin, gunned down Tippett, I think outside that movie theater in Dallas where he had gone in after the shooting. Also, in this shooting, the governor of Texas at the time, John Conley, also shot as he rode in the car in front of President Kennedy. And this guy, Lee Harvey Oswald, the perpetrator, a fellow who was born in New Orleans in 1939. He was just 24 years old when he shot John F. Kennedy and then ended up being assassinated himself on that Sunday morning there in Dallas as he was being changed out to a different prison in Dallas, Texas. But a day that changed America. Some people say that this is the day that America truly started going downhill. And I can't argue with that. I mean, I'm I'm a guy born after this. And so all I hear about is people complaining about how the government's against them. We can't get anything right. We lost Vietnam War. We, we, we abandoned our troops in other portions of the world. We literally abandoned not our troops, but all of our stuff in Afghanistan. 9-11 happens. You got Trump, the alleged insurrection, the alleged insurrection of 2021 that some people say are, is just horrible and so much, so much strife that goes on in this country. And I'm sure we had some problems before November 22nd of 1963, but it seems like coming out of World War II, this country was on a big, big surge. And we were, without question, the most powerful country in the world. And when you have your leader gunned down on a beautiful Friday in a great southern town like Dallas, it can definitely change the directory and the course, I should say the direction, of uh, of this country. That's why people like me are still captivated by this, and that's why we will continue talking about this. I'll have some January 6th observations as we go forward on today's Y'all Show with this Kennedy assassination to the conspiracies really come out. We'll get to that later on as we go. When we come back, we're going to have hashtag Hullabaloo, our chance to have some social media fun, and we'll get that going when we come right back here on the program. Again, you can email us, M-A-I-L, mail at Y-A-L-L.com. We'd love to get your feedback. What what were you doing on November twenty second, 1963? Tell me your story. We'd love to hear it here on the Y'all Show. Talk with an accent on the South. Got the life that you wanted, but it ain't with me. 
Catchy little tune out there called Religiously. We're back here on the Y'all Show, bringing you the good sounds out of Music City and more and telling you about what's going on across the South each and every day as we wrap up this opening hour of our Thanksgiving edition of the Y'all Show, the day before, if you will. We have hashtag Huddleblue coming your way now. This is where social media items get delivered into our hands and we just pass them on to y'all, including an X coming in from Joy York, at Joy York Author, the author of Genuine Deceit, a suspense novel. And Joy also penned The Bloody Shoe Affair, which is a young adult mystery. Her website is joyyork.com. If you've got a youngster out there and you're trying to get something Maybe as a Thanksgiving gift for them. Not too late to consider Joy York. Joy is out today promoting her newest book, The Bloody Shoe Affair. As she writes, take a trip back to 1968 in this young adult Southern mystery, The Bloody Shoe Affair. And she's got a ebook price for this book that I think will be pretty affordable for most of you out there. The ebook price if you want to pick up a copy of The Bloody Shoe Affair, this young adult mystery, 99 cents. Again, you can go and download her book for 99 cents on her website, joy, J-O-I, joyyork.com. So we're helping you out, Joy. We're bringing joy on Thanksgiving to you and to all of our great Listeners, maybe if you've got 99 cents to to spare, you could help her out with her writing career and pick up a copy of this mystery, this mystery book called The Bloody Shoe Affair. And that would be bloody good of you to do so. Next up, 
is an X coming in from Easy Money. And Easy Money has the account Easy Ice 252 with the profile saying, Hip Hop Ain't Dead, It Just Went Underground. Oh, Lordy, where, where are we going with this one? Easy Money. Easy Money writes, not me cooking rice and grits in the same day, vacation flow. So I, 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 I don't know exactly what Mr. Hip Hop Ain't Dead. It just went underground saying here, but it looks like they're not going to be cooking rice and grits the same day. That'd be a lot of what? Starch? Not exactly good for the cardiologist to, to see you after a day full of eating rice and grits, but... Now that I think about it, that's a pretty good combination. I don't know how we haven't come up with that one before, a good rice-slash-grits breakfast item. I mean, does anybody? Yes, I'm sure they do, but I, I can't I can't personally say that I see rice offered a lot of times in the breakfast time period of the day. But grits sure are, and, you know, grits are now found – in the morning, the lunchtime, and then people have shrimp and grits at night. I rewarded myself on Tuesday. I went to a little place called Waffle House. And that's where I had my breakfast at lunchtime. And man, was it good. I usually get the all-star breakfast when I'm there. I think that's what it's called at Waffle House, which means you get either your choice of hash browns or grits, a meat choice, and then you get bread, and you should also get you get egg eggs. However, you get a double dose of eggs, whether you want it fried or scrambled. And then you should, if you get the all star, you should get the waffle included. Well, I ordered and I sat down and I had a great meal, but my waitress never brought over my waffle, and I had to bring it up to her attention after I got finished eating. Hey, I didn't get my waffle. And this place is called Waffle House. How dare you? And she let me know in a very nice way that I didn't realize that's what she wanted. I thought she wanted the two-egg breakfast, which is the exact same thing. It just doesn't have the waffle, and it's $2 less, at least at the Waffle House I visited on Tuesday. So I decided to go without waffle, and it worked out just fine. It sure did. So I'll probably pass on that because as much as I love Waffle House, I can't truthfully say their waffle is my world's favorite waffle. You know, that's one thing. Kudos to the grocery stores of the world. I have no problem eating a frozen waffle. I like frozen waffles. I think they taste great. And uh, Waffle House doesn't have frozen waffles. So that might be their problem. They try to make them right there on the spot. I'm not as big a fan as Waffle House's waffles. But what do you think? Do you like Waffle House waffles? You'd think if that's their name, it would be like incredible. You know, maybe I'm being cheap. The Waffle House waffles seem to be maybe a little better if you're willing to spend a little bit more money and get maybe the blueberry mix with them. That's what I need to start doing because waffles are a delicious, delicious invention. Thank you, Lord, as we're having Thanksgiving this week. 
thank you for the creation of waffles. Pancakes aren't bad either. And, uh, yeah, now that I think about it, that might be the perfect Thanksgiving meal. Waffles and pancakes. I could do without turkey, but I can't do without waffles and pancakes every now and then. And without me getting my fill of waffles on Tuesday, we got to work that in, y'all. And remember, Waffle House and Huddle House are generally going to be open, no matter where you are, on Thanksgiving Day. And so if you're traveling and or you are someone who may not have family close by and you're going to be stuck at the house on Thanksgiving Day, a lot of restaurants are closed. And you may be sitting around thinking, I'm just depressed and this is terrible. I got to go get out of the house. Well, Waffle House is going to be open. And you know what? I've had more than my share of Waffle House Thanksgivings. I've also had gas station Thanksgivings where I've been in places where there's no Waffle House anywhere around. And the best I could do on a Thanksgiving evening was to get a couple of chicken tenders and a corn dog for Thanksgiving. But you know what? I, I did it. And I'm not complaining. I think, I think it was last year. That's what I had for Thanksgiving evening. And I had to reward myself by not only eating that, but I had to go to another place and got me a little, uh, I guess a quart size ice cream thing and sat there and, and down that. Why am I telling you all this stuff? <laughs> why, why am I just confessing my sins in front of you? I don't know. I'll shut up. Let me move on here. But easy money is why I'm doing this. Easy money on social media who says hip hop ain't dead. It just went underground. But no, I'm serious. I'm sure a lot of you also have been just in the same situation I've been in on days like Thanksgiving, you know, you just, it didn't work out. You don't have anybody with you and you don't need to be stuck at the house eating a ham sandwich. Get out there, see how beautiful this part of the world is and have a good time at, at places like Waffle House on Thanksgiving. You know, they have their managers and some of their chief executives come in and work. The CEO of Waffle House will most likely be working on, on Thanksgiving day. So, and, and I've been in these locations on Thanksgiving day and they're, they're packed. There's a lot of people out there in a similar situation, or maybe they're just tired of eating Turkey. Let's talk Turkey again, as we continue on with this Wednesday edition of the y'all show, let's go to a X account called great to be Southern. That's great. The number two, the letter B Southern great to be Southern. And the account is at B underscore great two with the profile Southern by the grace of God. So they've got something put out here recently because we had veterans day. Let's not forget. We're only a week, week and a half away from when veterans day was held. And so this is a more of a veterans day related post but it ties into Thanksgiving because we've got to be thankful for those who sacrificed. And Great To Be Southern has a post that says, Our Southern heroes sacrificed their lives defending the Chatham County community and the state of North Carolina. Respect all American veterans. Very, very poignant. And they have a picture there in their post 
of the statue in front of Pittsburgh, North Carolina's courthouse. And this is Chatham County, North Carolina, which is not all that far from Raleigh-Durham. It's sort of in the central portion of North Carolina, if if that's what it's called, the capital area of the state of North Carolina is where you'll find this. So I saw this statue, and it made me wonder, why are they putting this up there? And here is why Great To Be Southern is putting this up there, because that Confederate statue there at Chatham County, a statue erected in 1907 of a Confederate soldier on guard there at the Chatham County Courthouse, well, in 2019, that thing was taken down. This was before George Floyd. It was taken down in this county, Chatham County, North Carolina. And remember, if you know anything about Civil War history, North Carolina, to its credit, put more men in service to the Confederacy than any state. And they actually had more deaths than any state of the Confederacy during the Civil War. It is the reason why the flagship university of that state is called the Tar Hills. That name derives from the soldiers of North Carolina who fought like they had tar on their hills and they didn't relinquish when in battle against the Northerners. So this statue in a county like Chatham County was an important reminder of the sacrifice of all the boys, if you will, of that particular North Carolina county that went and fought with tar on their hills and made the ultimate sacrifice. So in December of 2019, this statue was taken down in front of the Chatham County Courthouse. This has happened in counties all over the South for years now. Again, this is going back to 2019 when this happened. But the statue taken down, and and here is where it really bothers me. It bothers me that things like this get taken down, but the treatment is also just as just as gross, okay? So this statue that was taken down in 2019 was taken to a storage unit, and it's been held in storage in Greensboro, North Carolina, which is not even in the same county. And there's been efforts to try to get it back, and to my knowledge, these efforts have failed. And so now, Chatham County has this statue at a storage unit in Greensboro, and they're paying $300 a month for this thing to be in storage. They claim it's being carefully handled and well protected. It's a 27-foot-tall monument made of granite and copper, mined from Mount Airy, and again, put up in 1907 at a cost of $1,700. And the county ended up paying about $44,000 to have the monument dismantled and transported to this storage unit. And they've had roughly $200,000 in expenses related to maintaining security around the monument when it was still there. And then all of these meetings and protests and demonstrations that they've had to have there. And in fact, in Pittsburgh, North Carolina, 
there were injuries reported and dozens of arrests when all this was going on in 2019. This is just one of many, many places around the South that have had Civil War-related things taken down. And then they get taken down, and then they are erased. They're put in a storage unit and forgotten about. The Robert E. Lee statue that was in Charlottesville, Virginia. Now, if you thought putting something in a storage unit was literally disturbing, how about what they've done there? They essentially gave it to another activist group the statue was given to them, and then I think it's being melted down and then turned into something completely not historic at all. It's a finger in the eye of those who honor our Confederate ancestors if you have that kind of Southern connection. And I I realize we've got a lot of people who've moved to the South that may not have that sort of ancestry in your DNA. You may be someone who has both Northern and Southern heritage in your DNA. But the point of me bringing this up today is this is a statue honoring people who gave at that time a sacrifice to their country. And yes, I know it wasn't the United States. It was, it was a breakaway, if you will, but it was still America. And we don't tear down statues and we don't put them in storage units. We don't melt them down like they did in Charlottesville. And that's why I'm bringing this up because it's easy to forget. It's easy to turn the page on something that happened four years ago in one little county. But we're going to likely see this stuff. And, you know, a lot of these statues got brought down after George Floyd in 2020. And just Last night, I stumbled upon a story about a new documentary that's just come out on George Floyd, a North Carolina native, by the way. And this documentary was done by a woman who was a Minneapolis area reporter, and she ended up, I think, losing her job because of her belief about the George Floyd protest. And how the governor, the mayor, the police chief, and more all essentially went to war against the police force of Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this documentary goes and interviews a lot of former police officers who quit within weeks of the George Floyd protest. And they one of the one of the men interviewed was a former police officer who. Months before that May May 2020 arrest that ended up leading to Floyd's death, this same police officer that was on this documentary, he arrested or at least pulled him over, George Floyd that is, a couple of months before. And what he was bringing out in this documentary was Floyd was using the same excuses in 2019 as he was doing in 2020 about not being able to breathe and not complying and all these issues. I mean, this documentary says that Floyd had fentanyl in his system. He had COVID when he was killed in 2020. 
And these officers, I think all of them, either pleaded guilty or were found guilty, and they're going to be in prison for a very long time. In fact, one of them appealed all the way to the Supreme Court, and just in the last week, they were denied their sentencing. It was Chauvin, uh, the main guy, the, the knee-on-the-neck guy. He got sentenced to like twice the recommended punishment for the same crime. And that's what he appealed. And the Supreme Court, I think, refused to hear that case. So it's it's rather disturbing out there if you look at some of the hypocrisy. And then when we come back in hour number two, I'm going to talk about January 6th and some recent, recently released footage of that that I just tuned in and saw on Tuesday evening. And boy, was that shocking. So we got some shocking stuff out there. And I appreciate this original X that came in from Great to be Southern because it reminds us that if we have a hard time dealing with our heritage, with our history, when you got people who truly want to wipe it off the face of the earth, put it in a storage unit, bury it. If you can't make room for all history, including some that's not so pleasant, then you're not somebody who's a true champion of this country because we've got a country that has its flaws. We've got our country that has all its great aspects too, but you got to honor and at least be aware of all of it. There's my sermon for hour one. We got another hour of the y'all show coming up right after this break. So stay tuned. We're back here for hour two of this Thanksgiving edition of the Y'all Show. John Rawl, the voice of all things Southern, a.k.a. the General of Dixie. <laughs> Good to be back with you here for this hour. We've got Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group. He's going to be on with us in just a few minutes to help make sense of what's going on with the markets here on this shortened week. I don't know how much money's made on Thanksgiving week, but bet you there are some folks out there who did they've already done pretty well and they will continue to do pretty dang good so we'll get paul's take on that here as we advance forward on this edition of the y'all show we also have coming up on the second hour more coverage of this day in history it's november 22nd and 60 years ago today 
John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas. I've got some audio from that morning where Kennedy spoke in Fort Worth before flying over to Dallas and Love Field. I'll play that here in just a moment. Also, before this hour is up, we've got some food to discuss, and it's the turkey cake that we'll be breaking down. That comes to us courtesy of Baskin Robbins, and we'll let you know more about how you can mix in a little ice cream on Turkey Day. All that here is part of our Hour 2 coverage. The Y'all Show on great radio stations. Thank you for those of you who listen to us. Thank you for those of us who, those of you who carry us on great radio stations across the Southeast as we have a day of Thanksgiving. We thank you. We also thank all of you who take the time to catch the Y'all Show podcast. And that podcast is absolutely free of charge. You can find it in iTunes, also Apple Podcasts. We're available on Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and the TuneIn app. Plus, you can get it at yall.com. Y'all.com is where you'll find us, the Y'all Show. It's talk with an accent on all things Southern. And thank you for taking the time to find us. On the podcast options and those of you who also catch us each and every day on radio stations across the Southeast, back into our headlines across the Southeast. This is the day before Thanksgiving. A lot of people traveling, 55 million people expected to travel, according to estimates. So be very, very careful out there. Buckle up. Be patient. That's one thing for sure. If you're flying for the holiday, please be very patient. Let's not get into arguments and duels and everything else that could happen out there if you are traveling. I, I just saw a story. It's not worth telling you all the details, but headline about Somebody got in a fight in Florida and Oreo cookies were involved somehow. (laughs) We don't need that. We don't need to have people fighting over turkey on this, what should be a beautiful occasion, the Thanksgiving holiday. So today, not only are people traveling, we also want to remind you that it is November 22nd. And it was on this day in history back in 1963 that John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dealey Plaza in Dallas, Texas. And it was a tough day, tough day for the 35th president of the United States as he was gunned down and the whole world saw it. Now, Kennedy went to Texas in 1963 because similar to what we have right now, 60 years later, it's an election time. And Kennedy, the sitting president, flew into Texas to help boost his chances of picking up Texas in the Electoral College during the 1964 presidential election. He had a vice president in Lyndon Baines Johnson who was a Texas native and a U.S. senator from the Lone Star State prior to being picked to be Kennedy's vice president. And John F. Kennedy goes into Dallas, Texas, A guy who, in 1963, if you were a Southerner and you were a conservative Southerner, you probably weren't a big fan of John F. Kennedy. That's why, if you go to Dealey Plaza, you'll see newspaper articles and newspaper clippings of that exact same day, November 22nd, 1963, on display. And there are some ads put into the paper, and this was at a time where newspapers were a heck of a lot more powerful than they are today. 
But these ads essentially said, Kennedy, stay away from Texas. We don't want you here. You're not welcome here. Which, looking back, is a terrible thing to see since he was gunned down and lost his life this day 60 years ago. But Kennedy comes into Texas again trying to shore up the Lone Star State in 1964. And so he, he flew in on Thursday. Originally, he flew into San Antonio, and he had an event in San Antonio, and then he went on to Fort Worth, and he spent the night overnight on that Thursday night into Friday in Fort Worth, Texas. And early on Friday, he came out in front of the hotel, I think, there in Fort Worth, and had a media opportunity, and a lot of people got their pictures. I mean, the ladies love John F. Kennedy. <laughs> and he had a uh, a good morning in Fort Worth before he would ultimately catch a plane and make the very, very brief flight over to Love Field in Dallas, and he would never leave Dallas alive. I've got some audio I want to play for you now. This is from November twenty second, 1963. This is John F. Kennedy speaking in Fort Worth, Texas before he went over to Dallas. This was him speaking at the Fort Worth Chamber of Commerce breakfast on November 22nd. And a huge crowd. The neat thing about Dallas-Fort Worth in 1963 is you had a lot of competing television stations. So for a southern town, a town that for some people you might think is backwards, well, actually it was pretty progressive when it came to broadcasting you had a television station based in fort worth you had at least one maybe two big time network tv stations just down the road in dallas and they all were trying to outdo each other many of the people from 1963 working on these stations would go on to become national type figures primarily because of their coverage of the kennedy assassination on this day in history let's go in and hear kennedy speaking on the last day of his life, November 22nd, 1963, this is his last speech he gave. This is a portion of it as he spoke at the Fort Worth Chamber of Commerce, November 22nd, 1963. Yeah. I know uh, now why everyone in Texas, Fort Worth, is so thin. I've gotten up and down about uh, nine times. This is what you do every morning. Mr. Buck, Mr. Vice President, Governor Conley, Senator Yarborough, Jim Wright, members of the congressional delegation, Mr. Speaker, Mr. Attorney General, ladies and gentlemen. Two years ago, I said that, uh, introduced myself in Paris by saying that I was the man who had accompanied uh, Mrs. Kennedy to Paris. I'm getting that somewhat that same sensation uh, as I travel around uh, Texas. Nobody wonders what Lyndon and I wear. (laughs) 
I'm glad to be here in uh, Jim Wright City, about uh, 35... Uh, about uh, 35 years ago, a congressman from California, just been elected, received a letter from an irate constituent which said, uh, during your campaign, you promised to have the Sierra Madre Mountains reforested. You've been in office for one month and you haven't done so. <laughs> well, no one in Fort Worth has been... Uh, that unreasonable, but in some ways he has had the Sierra Madre Mountains reforested. And uh, here in Fort Worth, he's contributed to its growth. He speaks for Fort Worth. He speaks for the country. And I don't know any city that's better represented in the Congress of the United States than Fort Worth. All right, those are some remarks again from November 22nd, 1963, the 35th President of the United States, John F. Kennedy, just hours before he would be killed in Dallas on that fateful 1963 day. And uh, just hard to believe it's been now 60 years. Of course, a lot of you, including myself, were maybe not even alive in 1963, but uh, still eerie to see and hear that, that, that time period in American history. Fascinating and spooky at the same time. Yeah. All right. When we come back, we're going to, Talk about something a little less spooky. We're going to talk about making money. And Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group is going to help us with that as we'll get an update from him about how the markets are doing on a very brief week on Wall Street as Thanksgiving has arrived. We'll be right back with more of this Wednesday Y'all Show. John Anderson. We're here on the Y'all Show talking money and more. We are the show that is all about helping you out and letting you know what's going on across the Southeast. And if we can help you make a little money or save a little money, then that's just fine too. And to help us do that, when we can get him on here, this time on a Wednesday, we usually have him on a Friday. We love to bring on Paul to the show. Paul, welcome to Y'all. Well, how you doing? I'm doing good. Now, November 22nd, 1963, were you around? Yeah. Well, my, no, I was not. I was born April of 64, so I guess you could say I was semi-around. Yeah, that counts. Yeah, you know, I've, 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 one of my term papers in uh, high school was on the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Of course, they were still selling the uh, pristine bullet theory and all that other stuff, so... Uh, I don't know how accurate that paper would be today, but um, you know that no telling where 
this country would be had he had not been assassinated. And I mean that in a good sense. I think John F. Kennedy would have been one of our better presidents had he been given the chance. Now, that's not saying anything about uh, his personal life. I'm just saying about his presidency. Mm-hmm. So, what, what was your thought on Vietnam with Kennedy, if he had, had he a lot been I alive, think he'd have gotten out. Of, I think he would have realized we need to get out of. We should have gotten out of it. Okay. Well, I don't we, were think just, he let we were just kind of playing footsie, footsie with Vietnam during his time period. Well, uh, I like what Westmoreland said. If you're going to fight a war, let me go in and win it. Don't try to dictate how I can fight it. Let me go in and win it, and let's go on. You know, uh, but uh, that war shouldn't have lasted as long as it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just should have gone in there and, you know, like I said, if you're going to fight a war, fight it. If you're not going to, don't even get involved. So Very well put. You need um, to dig that term paper out, wherever it might be. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I guess I, I don't know where it is. It <laughs> may be. It's probably in a landfill somewhere. You, you got a but, chance uh, to maybe have a bestseller out there. You just need to dig it up. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we were talking about that. Uh, uh, Schwarzkopf, I was thinking when we started talking about Schwarzkopf, he just, you know, had he had been allowed to finish the job instead of had Congress dictate to how far he could go in, uh, I think we would have uh, not had any more issues in the Middle East. So, but that's not what we're here to talk about. No, what are we here to talk about? Well, first of all, happy Thanksgiving, Paul Hare. Well, happy Thanksgiving to you. You getting you. ready to eat some turkey? No, I hope I don't. I'm not a. I mean, I, I'll eat turkey, but it's not necessarily high on my list of things. Yeah. But, uh, but if I've you want to invite me over, you. I'll be there. Just tell me what to wear. <laughs> uh, like we always say, where do I? What do I need to wear? How much money I br- need to bring? And when do I need to be there? And we'll go from there. Yeah. Are uh, you a person that cooks turkey yourself? Yeah, I do. Uh, we deep fry. So okay. do a deep fried turkey. That's, that, and, that's uh, awesome. Now, I'll tell you, if you get a chance, I know they're sold out this year, but next year, if you ever get a chance, you need to go to First Methodist Church of Henderson. Their men's group d- does an awesome smoked turkey. Now, I've also ordered one of those. So I'm going to have two turkeys, one deep fried and one smoked. So we're going to have plenty of good turkey. For the uh, and you'll it. be stopping by your cardiologist on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully not. All right, Paul. Yeah. It's a little bit of a shortened week on Wall Street and more. So tell me where things stand. I haven't had a chance to talk to you in a couple of weeks. So where where are we, sir? Well, like we said two weeks ago, we're going to see a fourth quarter rally, and that's what we're seeing. The market's up. You know, we broke the uh, thirty five thousand mark, which is good. All right, you know, and uh, things are going good there. Um, we're, I think what you're going to see, and uh, I've said this on other shows, uh, the first 45 days of uh, 2024 is going to decide really what's going to happen for the first uh, six months, unless something drastic happens, of course. There again, you've got to figure out uh, it's election year, so what is the political uh, party that's in power? What are they going to do to enhance the market, to enhance the voters, you know, and all that? But 2025 is when the Trump-era tax cuts fade away, 
and then that's going to be the real issue. That you know that could be the one that hits hits the pocketbook and hits the economy uh, worse than uh, inflation, because you know inflation can cause you not to buy, uh, you know, cut back on your spending, but taxes is a necessary evil, and that will definitely cut back on your spending. So you're looking at probably uh, the average bill and those. Uh, sunset, you're looking at the average tax bill going up anywhere from 18 to 25%. So that'll be a hit. Yeah, that's a painful hit, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. It is. And now, you know, we, we've also seen some other things. You've, you know, we, you and I have talked about crypto. Well, we've seen Binance get hit, and they got hit with a $4.3 billion fine for money laundering, for terrorists, and for, uh, uh, child uh, exploitation and all that, so he's having to step down, and uh, but he'll still have major ownership of the of Binance, and so that's that. You know, uh, I, that's why I always advise my people: if you want to get into crypto, you do it on your own. I'll give you a little money, not a lot. If you go more than that, then you need to tell me why you need to do that, and if you want to continue to argue that maybe I'm not your guy, but we're seeing now that crypto with FTX, with Binance and other things, they are finding out that this is a perfect way to to fund terrorists, not trace, it's hard to trace and to uh, money launder. You know, just it's, it's not a very good until they get control of it and treat it as a current, you know, if they treat it as a currency instead of a commodity, and tax it appropriately, we can get it. We can get it straightened out. But uh, too many people don't want that to happen. Now we've seen Bitcoin; it's already dropped two percent. So, you know, we're we're it's just it's going to be interesting. And then uh, we're waiting to see what's going to happen. We see OpenAI. Sam Altman is coming back. That was announced eight hours ago after one week of being fired, and everybody threatened to. Uh, Investors and key people threatened to leave that company. All right, what what course, is OpenAI? It is a company. It's a not for profit, okay, or non profit company that is promoting AI, developing uh, you know artificial intelligence, developing it, trying to make it uh, regulated a little. It's a it's a, it's. I understand their philosophy, but now California's could come back, and this was just said this morning. California could come back and say, "No, you're a not, you're a not, you are not a nonprofit or not for profit company, and we're going to start taxing you." Well, that could have a major effect on what's going on as far as their, uh, you know, their company and, and the growth of that company. So uh, you could see them uh, leave California, basically, like a lot of uh, companies are doing, and try to find a more favorable tax haven. So it, there's just a lot of things going on. We're looking at the Dow right now, going, you know, going to be up a little. The 10-year is down. The 10-year is down around 4.3. Uh, it's just barely under 4.4. And it wasn't, what, four weeks ago we were above 5. And now uh, with Jay Powell saying we're backing off the tax incre- uh, the rate increases, and uh, we were hoping for a rate cut 
toward the end of the third uh, quarter of 2024. We're hearing now it could be the end of the second quarter or the very first part of the third quarter. And, you know, it was five, four months ago, we were talking a a rate cut until 2025. So I think he's backed off, but it's still the first 45 days of 2024 is what's going to decide what happens with um, the economy. That's going to decide what's going on. So we're, we're putting people in good growth, stable growth uh, areas, because even during a recession, growth is uh, large cap growth has still been a good place to be. Uh, we're pulling some money off the table and going to some guaranteed interest rate products. Uh, and uh, we're even looking at money market accounts. The only problem with money market, and I've warned people about this, as interest rates drop, they drop, uh, you know, coincidingly. They just they go down a lot quicker. They're not guaranteed a long period of rate. You know, they just say, okay, we're going to move whatever the current rate's doing. Because if you remember, let's see, Two years ago, what were you lucky to get on a money market? 0.3, 0.03, and now money market's paying around four, four and a half, five. Hmm. It's a lot so, of lot. You know, that's a lot going on. A lot going on. A lot going on. We're talking uh, with Hare Financial Group's Paul Hare. Hare Financial Group is an insurance and investment agency, and you can give them a call for info about how you can sit down with Paul and Map out a strategy, 731-664-0047 is how you can reach Paul. 731-664-0047. I interrupted you, sir. No, you're fine. Keep going. Have you got anything to add? I have nothing else good to say about you, so you better take over. (laughs) Well, one thing, uh, I'm I'm calling in from uh, up in Kentucky. I came up here, have a client who has a relative that... uh, uh, we we tried to tried to convince her to do some proper planning. Uh, she wouldn't do it. She was scared of uh, doing anything. Uh, she uh, old era of I want to control my money. Well, a uh, health issue hit, and now we're having to liquidate her estate uh, because she's going to have to go on Medicaid. Um, and you know that's a sad situation. I try to tell people, you know, we need to get in with a good attorney. Uh, and plan these things out. You know, I work with uh, three or four real good attorneys, and uh, we try to help people plan for if it's a long-term illness to make sure that uh, their family is not bankrupted by what can happen. And so, you know, for young for people my age, we we do we do long-term disability and long-term care planning, and I've got both. And um, so that's something I, I want people to think about going in toward the end of the year and the first part of uh, next year is, you know, you need to look at uh, where, how you want your uh, golden years to be. You know, I always, we used to have a saying, do you want to be, have golden years or do you want to work at the golden arches? So we just kind of sit down with people and try to plan out that they can have the retirement they want to have. Nothing wrong with those golden arches, though. No, there's nothing wrong. Well, I can't eat there much anymore. So, well, that, <laughs> Why is that? It, 
Well, I, uh, they told me I had to lose weight or go on insulin, so I've lost over 60 pounds. And uh, now, don't get me wrong, I love a good, I love a good Big Mac, okay? And and I can, I'm allowed to have two of those a month, but uh, you know, I I used to like eating there, there, and a lot of other fast food places, and so uh, I've had to kind of curtail that. But so how did you lose sixty um, pounds? Well. Really, motivation because I don't like needles and I wasn't going to go on insulin, so I cut back on uh, every, the bad foods. I, I can credit Fred Sesty uh, at West Tennessee uh, Primary Care. Uh, I bike ride with Fred, and he can, he gave me a lot of encouragement and uh, did a uh, diet and. Just a lot of exercise. I ride my bike anywhere from three to four times a week, whether it's on a trainer or in a spin class or on the road. Uh, weight lift three times a week. I've gone from wearing a 44 pant to a 38 pant. Um, within 12 pounds of my playing weight in high school, uh, I tell everybody I, in high school I wore a 52 jacket with a 36 waist. I wear a 50 jacket with a 38 waist. So um, I'm kind of proud of that. You know, I wanted to tell you not long ago you were looking good, but I didn't want you to take it the wrong way, Paul. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. I have. I tell everybody I have the face for radio. Yeah. <laughs> got a text now, Got a text um, in. I want to see if uh, you can make sense of this text. Texture here all right. at the Y'all Show says, but they can change that money market rate anytime, right? Question mark. Right. Well, explain that. All right. It goes with whatever the the interest rate is doing with the Fed. Okay, that's the scary thing about it. That's why I'm saying, you know, a lot of people are moving to money market because the it, it's a quick way to make good interest rate. Okay, uh, it's like the CDs these banks are advertising, and there's nothing wrong with it. Okay. Eight month CD at a five point two five annual yield. Okay, so we'll take five point two five, divide it by twelve, and multiply it by eight, and that's what you're going to make. A uh, money market is usually based off the two year, or sometimes rare cases, the five year uh, treasury note. And it's really mainly the two year, one year, or two year treasury note is what a money market's based off of, and they change daily. So when a money market goes out there and purchases these notes, they're pur- purchasing them on a daily, weekly, or daily basis. So as, as the interest rates go up, they can go up with it. But as the interest rates go down, you got to remember these notes have anywhere from a 270-day to a 730-day maturity, Okay. So it's either going to be a nine-month to a two-year maturity. So each time as they buy and those other ones start hitting maturity, interest rates will start going down if the if these treasury notes, these 270-day notes or these two-year notes, interest rates go down, the money market moves quicker. Now, on the ones that pay five to six to seven years, they're buying a, a 10-year bond, a five-year bond, a seven-year bond, depending on the time frame, and then what they do is they say, "Okay, we bought this bond. We know this bond's going to pay that for that time period. So here's the interest rate. 
we can guarantee you for that time period. So with a lot of my clients, they're looking at, hey, I've got, you know, like I said, I got uh, money, five-year money and six-year and seven-year money paying 6.15, okay? Well, you come in there and say 6.15, I can guarantee it for you for five years. Well, they're going, wow, I need to end. Now, do we put a lot of money in that? We put what what we call your conservative money. We put a portion of it in there and let it sit. Because I mean, if you're going to get six point five guarantee for five years, you know that's you know if you do or six point one five, you just do simple interest. You put a hundred thousand dollars in there. And, now we do compounding, but I'm just doing simple interest. At the end of five years, your hundred thousand has gone to hundred thirty thousand. But it's more than that because of the compounding. So. Um, money markets do move very quickly. In fact, they move on a daily, weekly, sometimes daily basis. It just depends on which the money, which money market you're in, and what their uh, purchasing philosophy is on those treasury notes. Paul, we got another text about money markets. Are you you, th- okay. you think you can handle this one? Sure. Okay. All right. I like the confidence. Texter says, is there a minimum time that money market rate stays in effect? There again, it, it, it really depends on the philosophy of that money market purchase. Uh, most of them are a month. Some can be two. Some can be weekly. It really depends. Um, the ones I deal with, uh, they're going to do on a monthly basis. I even have some that go out on a three-month basis on money market. They guarantee that interest rate for three months. But it depends on their purchasing philosophy and their liquidity availability. You know, um, money markets are really gotten smart. A lot of people, they don't want to come in and offer you 4.25. Now, you got to remember, every interest rate they're offering you is an annual yield. It is not what you earn during the time your money is in that money market. You know, I had somebody said, well, they're offering me 5.25% on a 11-month CD. I can buy it twice and make 10. No, you take the 5.25, divide it by 12, multiply it by 11, and see what interest rate they're going to offer you in the 11th, you know, the next 11 months. Mm-hmm. And the money market's the same way. So let's say they're saying we're paying 4.35% annual yield on the money market, and they say our interest rates change monthly. Well, that month you take 4.35 times uh, divided by 12, and that's what you make that month on that money market. Now, next month they may come back and say, hey, we're going to pay 4. So you take 4 divided by 12, that's what you make. Next month they hey, we're back up to 4.5. Take that. Divide it by 12, that's what you make that month. It really depends on their their interest rate philosophy and their, their liquidity availability. So when I look at money markets, I say, what's the purpose of this money? Well, we want to put it in here, kind of save it in six months. We're going to buy, we're going to build our house, and this is what our startup money is. Okay, fine. Then I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to look for three-month rate guarantee. Okay with a liquidity after two months. All right, so that's what I want to do. So, okay, we're going to go put this money here in this 
three, you know, and I tell them, look, this interest rate's guaranteed for three months. It's an annual yield. So you will make, say, six, say they're offering 6%, and they're not, but say six, six divided by 12, that's 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5 by, times three, you made 1.5% for that three month period. So, you know, that's what you do. And then, okay, the next month they'll declare a new interest rate. So, you know, it just really depends on what the philosophy of that money market is and their liquidity availability. So, it, and it also depends on what your purpose for that money is. Hey, I want to park it over here for a while because I feel like the market's going to tank. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's your philosophy of a while? All right. And then, all right, if you're going to park, park it over here for a while, why don't we take half of that money, put it in a, uh, a multi-year guarantee product, we'll put, leave the other half in the money market so you can get back into the market if you want to. But over here, we're paying this. So that way it's just not sitting there and the interest rates tank and the market tanks, and then now you're like, oh, God, I've lost. Yes, you've lost opportunity. So that's why we, you know, when I sit down and talk to somebody, what is the philosophy of this money? What's your purpose for it? When do you think you'll need it? What kind of liquidity do you want? Mm-hmm. And then we go in, and that's how we set it up. And that's what you do with the Hare Financial Group. Again, the number, 731-664-0047. Call Paul, and he'll get you set up to sit down and talk. Nothing's going to be set up that first day, but it's just a introduction. And then y'all will figure something out from there. Paul, have a wonderful Thanksgiving there in the bluegrass and uh, well, no, I'll, I'll be I'll be back in Tennessee uh, the, uh, this afternoon. Then uh, who knows where I'll be after that? Yeah, he's on a worldwide <laughs> tour. Maybe even on that bi- on, on that bicycle. I know there's something else you need to tell us. Well, just let everybody know I'm a registered rep of Securities America, member SIPC. Oh, I thought you were going to tell us Happy Thanksgiving. Oh well, happy Thanksgiving! Yes, happy Thanksgiving. I always got. Hey, look, you always got to cover your bases with Finra. I'm you don't you don't want to make the government mad. I completely understand. Thank you, Paul, for coming on on a Wednesday. And uh, again, have a good couple of days. We'll see you back here soon. All right, take care, y'all. Have a good and happy Thanksgiving. All right, Paul Hare, Hare Financial Group. We'll wrap this hour up with some ice cream talk after this. You like that? Is that is that good stuff here? <laughs> Memories of childhood. It's uh, ice cream truck music bringing us back in from the break. We're the Y'all Show. We're going to wrap up this hour as we've got, of course, Thanksgiving coming up in just a matter of hours. Nothing says Thanksgiving like some ice cream. And did you realize that you could scoop up Thanksgiving-flavored ice cream at Baskin-Robbins? They've got the turkey cake back. And it comes right out of the freezer instead of the oven. 
And this bird is made of ice cream with sugar cones as protruding legs. The skin is a shiny caramel praline glaze. Now, this turkey cake from Baskin Robbins has been out about 40 years, but it's a popular item this time of year. And I've gone on to Baskin Robbins' homepage, if you will, where they're having this turkey ice cream prominently displayed, the turkey cake. And they've got what they call Turkey Day Fixins also at Baskin Robbins. They've even got some, 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 I can't, I can't talk when I get ice cream on my mind. They got a couple of celebs who are out promoting this. Hannah Godwin and Dylan Barber are their celebrity spokespeople for the Turkey Day Fixins. Now, these are reality TV stars and brand ambassadors. And now Dylan and Hannah Godwin are doing a good job of promoting the Turkey Day Fixins and Turkey Cake as part of the ultimate Friendsgiving staples of Baskin Robbins. Now, we've got a lot of those across the Southeast, so maybe you'll be able to get into one before Thanksgiving comes to an end here. But I'm, I'm intrigued. I got invited to a Thanksgiving evening event, and I'm going to be going by at least one or two Baskin Robbins locations en route to this thing. I think I'm going to have to surprise them with this. They've got a four-year-old kid, so I'm sure if nothing else, the little kid will definitely enjoy the turkey cake from Baskin Robbins. But I saw this and I thought, yeah, this would be a good thing to let you all know that you can mix in all the other Thanksgiving food. This year, you could have a little turkey ice cream style, thanks to Baskin Robbins. And maybe there's some other places out there doing some similar cool stuff for the holiday. Enjoy. That's our Southern Food for Thought for this hour. Here on the show, all about the Southeast. Glad to bring it to you. And maybe you'll see an ice cream truck somewhere driving around on Thanksgiving Day. Good memories of childhood, huh? That wraps up Hour 2. More of the Y'all Show coming up in Hour 3. We got Kiefer Ingalls, the pigskin prognosticator. He'll be eating ice cream, talking football, too. We'll be right back. It's the final hour of the Y'all Show, and it's the last hour of the week. We have a abbreviated week of the Y'all Show because we got Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday, and then we'll be off for Black Friday. Oh, my goodness. Get out there and spend that money. A lot of you will be doing that come Friday. Maybe even get a early jump on it on Thanksgiving Day as some stores let you sneak in there and do some shopping. I went into a national store. I can't give them a shout out because they're not sponsoring our show, although they should. In fact, let me take the moment here to tell you that we thank all of our great sponsors, but you know what? We, we could use some more sponsors of the Y'all Show. So uh, you know how to get in touch with me, mail at y'all.com. We'll 
We'll cut you a deal, maybe a Black Friday deal to get you sponsoring the Y'all Show. Uh, but, yeah, I went into a store. They already had all their Black Friday stuff marked down, and I think I got a pretty good deal. I think I did, so I'm, I'm not going to complain about them today. Maybe I will be complaining next week, but that's after Thanksgiving. We're all happy faces. We're putting on our happy faces here. You know what? I'm putting on my happy face as we start our final hour of the Y'all Show with John, the general of all things Southern Raw. I got Kiefer Ingalls over here waiting, and he is going to be coming on in just a sec to talk about college football. It is rivalry week. We got great games going on in college football this weekend. Mostly, of course, here in Dixie, like the Iron Bowl. Clean, old-fashioned hate goes down between Georgia and Georgia Tech. You got FSU and Florida, uh, FSU and Florida getting together. You also have the Palmetto Bowl, as it's called now, between South Carolina and Clemson. You have Louisville and Kentucky. Love that rivalry there. You got the Egg Bowl. Who else am I missing? I got all most of the, uh, you know, Texas and Texas A&M. Hopefully next year they'll get to play on rivalry weekend when they get back as a in the same conference. But that was always a good rivalry weekend matchup between the Aggies and Longhorns. That's going to hopefully come back next year. But there, there's also Michigan-Ohio State going on this weekend. Kiefer Ingles, he's going to be coming in in just a few minutes to tell us about rivalry weekend. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. In fact, he's here now. I don't want to talk about football with you, but I'll go ahead at least and say hello to you. Top of the morning. Top of the day to you. How you making it today? It's rivalry weekend. It's Thanksgiving. It's the best week of the year for football fans, man. It is. Yeah, it is. I, I, I've been watching some college football coaches talking about rivalry weekend, and they're they're very complimentary. Most of these coaches are of their rival. It's not like it used to be. Not like the old days. No, no, no. There's no, uh, there's no real hate. Um, you know, it's. I wish there was though, because that was fun. Well, we can we can change that. Kiefer's going to come on. We're going. Do, do you mind talking a little news before we go? Let's talk some news, yeah, yeah. man. Before we go over to college football, because you know, I I have a program. I have a agenda. Oh, I would hate to divvy away from that. Agenda. So and let's, that let's agenda shows it. that I got to talk a little news before we get into sports, if that's okay with you. All right, so let's dive into the news items of the day. Of course, a lot of people traveling. Fifty-five million people hitting the road for Too Thanksgiving. Many. Does that include you? It are you include are me. you driving more than fifty miles? Yes. Okay, so you're on the fifty-five million march. <laughs> I'm on. I'm in that agenda too. I'm on that number account to. Maybe 56 by the time we're done with. But, yes, a lot of people traveling. Be safe. Are you having to fly? No. No flying? No flying. No. When was the last time you flew? Uh, June. Where'd you go? Up to Canada. Oh, you went to Canada. That's up right. Canada. This guy went fishing up there. Got to get a little fishing trip in. In Can- well, Like way up in Canada. Way up. It was, uh, it was way removed from uh, all civilization, really. So we were the first group of fishermen to fish this lake in, since COVID. Well, modern-day Christopher Columbus. So... You were up there, and it's summertime, so did that mean the sun didn't really set? So it didn't set until about 1 in the morning, and uh, it you know, it got dark. It didn't really ever totally set. Like It was kind of dusk-looking yeah. uh, from 1 in the morning until about 3.30 in the morning, and then it just started coming back up, man, coming back in the daytime. I think I'm moving to Canada. It was cool, man. You know, midsummer, we were having about 60-degree days. Um, right now up there, I looked at the, at the weather probably about this time last week, and it was 
18 degrees with snow in the forecast. And uh, the place we were at, you know, you, you couldn't drive there. You couldn't take a four-wheeler there. Um, you had to land on a float plane on this lake. So, like, it's it's cut off, man. So it was it was really something. So what would it be to live there and, or go visit there in about another month or two? Impossible. Impossible. So, right? so the lake's only open. Um, it's only accessible uh, for like three months out of the year. So from June until, I believe, the very beginning of September. Huh. Why the heck are we talking about Canada? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so the South uh, South Show, man, we're talking about Canadian no, things. I, I mean, I, I am intrigued by the whole, even Alaska, where the sun does, does it set for the most part. It's beautiful the up there, man. It's just—it's just a different type of—it's a different type of. Scenery. I think we should go take him over. We'll call it New, New Dixie. New Dixie. Hey, you never know what could, what could happen up there. Hey, there's not many things to take over up there. You yeah, know, it's—it's it's a lot of trees. The most dense forest I've ever seen. I wouldn't want to deal with the bears, though. All right, let's talk about some of the other news. Of course, this is the 60th anniversary of John F. Kennedy's assassination. Where yes, were you on November 22nd, 1963? 1963. Uh, well. I didn't even exist yet because my dad wasn't born yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> ouch, ouch, ouch. All right. So, yeah, that's uh, a day we've been talking about here on this Wednesday edition of the Y'all Show and never want to make light of the fact that we did lose one of our U.S. presidents there on that fateful day in 1963. All right. You're a smart guy. Name the four presidents that have been assassination, assassinated. The four presidents that have been assassinated. Yeah, Buddy, I only know of... One, I mean, I guess. I'm not that smart. One? JFK was assassinated. I know that much. Hey, 60 years ago today. Yeah, congratulations. You can't tell me the first? No. I mean, Come Lincoln. On. Well, that counts. That's that, the first one? Okay. Yeah, Lincoln was first. Okay, I don't know. I don't know the other ones. Uh, the other one was Garfield. Uh, old James? Yeah, he was assassinated. Old James C? He, di- he got shot, but didn't did not die for another, like, month or two. Really? I didn't, write, I didn't realize that. Yeah, he died later. But he didn't he have was, the ice it, in the veins, man. No, nah, no. Nah. And then right at the turn of the century, a guy named McKinley was assassinated in Buffalo, New York. William McKinley. So why do we why do we never learn about these guys in our history books? Because you don't have me around you. So like I'll tell I you. I taught dude. my nieces when they were like seven and eight years old. I made them memorize the four presidents that were assassinated. I was with both so of my nieces. Them, if you asked them that question, they wouldn't have stumbled and bumbled like I just well, did. Well, I I haven't brought it up to them in about 25 years, but I saw both of them last week. I should have asked them, okay, right now, go. Who are the four presidents that were assassinated? I bet they would have spouted it off immediately. They're smart. I mean, one of them went to USC, not the one in Columbia, the one in Los Angeles. The, the, she actually started out at the one in Columbia. Some the real USC. And she wanted to go to the other USC, so she mm-hmm. went to both USCs. And then her sister on my other niece wanted to go join her in Los Angeles, and she went to the home of the... I forgot their nickname. LMU. LMU. You know who that is? If you're a college basketball fan. I am a college basketball fan. I just watched LMU play in a game two days ago. But I can't think of Loyola Marymount. There you go. There it is. Right by LAX is where they're located. But, yeah, I had two nieces out there in school at the same time. One of them's already come back to the south. The other one still working in Los Angeles. She just – actually, I need to go see this. She worked on the new Marvel film. Oh, yeah? And I saw her name in the credits. Now, that's cool. She sent me a screenshot. That is cool. And uh, I almost went and saw it last night, but I missed the – So the one that's currently out right now, she's she's working on that. That is sweet. Yeah, I've got her name on my phone where it's got her name in the credits. So that's pretty cool. She went to film school at USC. Only the most respected film school in the country, so it's yeah, a pretty good spot to something, go. <laughs> something like that. But she, she look really. She doesn't want to be an actress. She wants to. She doesn't even want to be a director. She just likes 
doing the stuff behind the scenes. Hey, C- kind of like me. From a, from a behind-the-scenes guy – and you're also, you know, on the tech side. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's pretty cool. No, I'm not. I'm really not. I'm, not, I'm really not good at anything now that I think oh about my it. God. I'm not good at the technical side that great, and I'm sure not good on the uh, out front hosting side. But I stand corrected. Let me uh, talk about <laughs> something else. I don't like talking about people. Let's not, the, let's not talk about yourself. Dude. Let's, let's talk go about hop into football. Let's talk about high tech stuff. Have you seen what Mike Johnson, you know who that is? The Speaker of the House? Yeah, good job. All right, you're coming back around. You may not know who got assassinated, but you know who the Speaker of the House is. All right, Kiefer, we'll let you stay. Well, I'm, she, to be fair, uh, I got two out of the four presidents that have been assassinated, and two for four would be a 50% average, and in baseball that makes me a bona fide Hall of Famer. Well, so I don't want to hear any smack you'd talk. Be failing. You'd be but baseball is more important your, than your that. Grade. More money. Okay, so Mike Johnson has just authorized more January 6th footage to come out. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen any of that? I have. I saw some last night. Yeah. Did you see the uh, tear gas incident? I don't believe. I don't believe so. So I don't know what you saw, but what I saw some of this newly released film is so the 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 horde of people outside of the Capitol on January six were being it was it was a lot of people out there, but they were at least being it behind was a, the you know it was they were behind the barriers they were they were doing what they were supposed to be doing at the time, so. This video that just got released shows a Capitol Police officer's body cam, and he comes outside sort of on the portico of the U.S. Capitol, and all of his Capitol Police buddies were yelling at each other and doing the things that they do. And the guy mentioned something about the type of canister for uh, of tear gas. And so he launches tear gas, but he launched it upon his fellow officers. It was a misfire. He misfired his tear gas. And that caused the whole shebang. That, that caused a lot of the police officers to start running inside the Capitol. Right. They, they, well, ab- they probably think that a, you know, a, a civilian threw that out. They abandoned their post is what happened. And you didn't see this mass rush to the Capitol, but bit by bit the, the horde of people kept on going further because there was no there's no stopping them police force right and i'm not saying they should have gone in the capitol but these these capitol police officers were running away and there was no real threat to them at that point they were running Other away because <laughs> they were running away because they had been hit by tear gas right and it was really weird but anyway i'd never seen that and nobody would have ever seen that had this new video not come out so that's going out but a story out that the newly released footage does not show a federal agent flashing his badge while undercover. And I guess there's been some theories yes. about how a federal agent disguised as a supporter of Trump during the attack ended up causing problems. And Are we court- talking about the QAnon shaman? Probably. No, he's running for Congress. <laughs> I know. I saw that. Yeah, he's running for Congress in Arizona as, as a libertarian. Dude. And what a character that guy was for about a six-month time frame there in, on Fox and well, CNN. He, dude. You know, he, he was, was the first on there one, all the time. He was the first one prosecuted. Yeah. Well, he was, the, you know, he, was the, he was the one that everyone, when it was happening, was like, oh, my gosh, you know, this guy's a plant. Like, who looks like that guy? He looked crazy. He doesn't Shaman. look quite as bad. He looks normal now. Yeah, not, but he's been a prisoner. He I mean, when he doesn't have his Viking headgear on. Yeah, and if you saw his head, it's not a lot of hair there, so that probably explains what happened. But anyway, kudos to Mike Johnson for helping getting this out, and it just shows more and more of the footage that we weren't supposed to see, and 
maybe you'll stumble on some of these videos like I did over the last uh, couple of hours. Also, as we hit Thanksgiving, I don't know if you're planning on being a social distance kind of guy. Thanksgiving, are you going to be not. eating your turkey in a room separate of everybody else? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll be separated. Probably just going to get my plate and go eat in my room, put my mask on after every bite, and, uh, <laughs> you know, make sure I'm safe. All right. Well, the CDC is letting us know that there have been some fears out there of things like RSV, the flu. So, all right, the RSV thing, now that is a serious a serious deal. So, like, Well, tell me, Doc. Well, you know, I'm no doctor. Um, however, I've got some, some family members and close friends with uh, some newborn babies. And uh, there's, they've been, I was just talking to them over the past couple of weeks, and there's been this huge, I don't know, uprising of or increase uptick whatever you want to call it in, in these rsv cases and it's a very serious deal for for little newborns so definitely want to watch out for that well right now according to the cdc there are a there's a medium level of new covid hospital admissions 30 states have at least one county in this category and some of the southern states affected include kentucky as well as virginia and west virginia and so yeah it looks like Certainly around that area of the south, the eastern Kentucky, southwestern Virginia has a at least a pretty big, uh, a medium level in this case from the CDC of, of COVID admissions in the hospitals. Also seeing a fair amount in the Huntsville, uh, a- Alabama area, and that's also southern middle Tennessee. Looks like there's been some things going up, but uh, certainly for the little kids, you mentioned RSV, we want to keep them in mind and Let's all get through the holiday. Yeah, I want to get through the holiday, you know, unscathed and healthy. Speaking of Huntsville, though, the rocket's gone there now, isn't it? That was the one on I-65. It's gone? It, it wasn't quite as impressive as the one as you see going into Huntsville. So on. the one going into Huntsville right there at the Institute, that's still there? Yeah, that's still there, as okay. well as the space shuttle Okay, and all the other fun stuff. But there was a old rocket that was on Interstate 65 at the Tennessee-Alabama border. That's the one they removed. But I appreciate you bringing that up. I had to bring it up, man. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah. Which is in what county? Madison County. There you go. Did you just, did <laughs> Let's you, go, baby. Did you just make yeah, that? I had it pulled up. Uh, oh, okay. Darn you. Okay. <laughs> Darn you. Hey, that's lightning speed, All right. though. You can't argue with that. I, I'll give you, speaking of Huntsville, I'll give you $1,000 right here. I got it here in my uh, in my credit card. If you can tell me what code Madison County, Alabama is on a license plate. What code? What does like that Alabama mean? Alabama does their license plates by code. Each county has a number. And don't cheat. Put that phone up. Madison County's got a number. 59? No, that's um, 59 is, what is, it's um, Shelby, St. So, they, so they've got all their counties numbered. Shelby County is is is, 50, is fifty eight. Did, did we steal our county names, or did they steal our county names? Well, we've got a lot of the same people across the South. I mean, there's plenty of Calhoun counties. There's plenty of. I don't know if there's a Calhoun County in Tennessee though. Now, I see think the, about wor- it. the worst thing is uh is you know going down to Mississippi often. You know, meeting people, telling them, you, and being from Jackson, Tennessee. You can't go to Mississippi and say, "Yeah, I'm from Jackson," because they're always going to assume it's Jackson, Mississippi. And the funny thing is, you know, Jackson, Madison County is Jackson, Tennessee. Jackson, Madison County is Jackson, Mississippi. It's no, just it's not. A, it, yeah, it is. No, it's not. Is it not? No. What's Jackson, Mississippi? Hines. 
Well, what's Madison County? The county seat is Canton with the town of Madison in it. But the oh. county seat is actually Canton, and that's where Ridgeland is as well. Yes, okay. But that's Madison, right by Jackson, Mississippi, but it's actually a separate county. You need to get your geography squared away. By the way, Huntsville is uh, – Madison County is 47 on a 47. license plate. okay. Like Birmingham, Jefferson County is one. Tuscaloosa the, is 63. So they want, you know, number one to be the – the capital? The way they did it was based on the first three or four counties they did it because they had so many people living there. They did it on population. So Birmingham, Jefferson County is one. I believe Mobile is two. And then Montgomery is three. But did you, did you realize, speaking of Huntsville, it's now the largest city in Alabama. No, I didn't realize yes. that. Yes. So Mobile probably used to be, and it's gone way downhill. Uh, Birmingham probably was. Of course, I mean, I'm sure at one point in time uh, – Cherokee, Alabama, could have been the biggest town in Alabama. Who knows? But uh, and you're forgetting Montgomery. Yeah, I'm, I'm not considering them. Of course, you know the state capital used to be in Tuscaloosa. That's why the university's there. I didn't know that either. Well, that's why you come on the show to learn so much. We're going to talk and about Tuscaloosa. Also why you is that where the Iron Bowl is this year? No, I believe it's in Jordan Hare. Over in, in, the, in Jordan, the plains. Jordan, you got to say it right. In Jordan. It's in Jordan Hare this year. Jordan. We're going to talk. Uh, I think we're done with all our news topics. So if you don't mind, we're going to take a quick break. You doing okay over there? I'm doing all right. 47. Remember that. 47. When you see a car That's going the down. Plate well, you know, code for some of our some of our southern states put the county name on the license plate, like Georgia, Tennessee does right. that, but Alabama doesn't do that. But what they do is they generally have a a code for the county that they live in, which I, I you actually see that further away. That's why the troopers way back then came up with that theory. <laughs> Mississippi also puts their county name on their plate. But some states don't do that, like North and South Carolina don't. Florida, in some cases they do, but a lot of times they just put the sunshine. I don't I don't understand Florida. I know nothing about Florida. And then Lord knows what Texas and Louisiana do. Kiefer, always fun to talk about completely crazy stuff with you. And we're going to talk about the completely crazy thing that they call college football. What's the best rivalry game coming up this weekend? Michigan Ohio State's going to be oh, the I can't crazy play one. I got to play a but fight I mean, song. Well, I'm saying I got to play a college Ole football. Ole Miss Mississippi State. Oh no, that's the Egg Bowl. Yeah, but that's that's well, that's where uh, one person on these mics will be this Thursday. Oh, you're going to that game? Indeed. Okay. Every year, you better wear protection. Uh, earring protection. You have all kinds of protection. What did I just say? Earring? I meant hearing. Earring or ear? Okay, <laughs> that's kind of eerie. So I got to play a fight song when we come back. So which one's it going to be? Texas Tech. They play Texas. It's going to be a good game. Okay. Texas Tech's fights on as far. All right. You like that? All right. We'll play that. I'm going to be at a Texas Tech alumni's, uh, alumni and alumni. They both went to Tech on Thanksgiving. I guess we might eat. When's that game? Uh, Friday, I believe. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to hang around for them. But Raider Red getting it going against Bevo. We'll have all that coming Bevo. right back on the Y'all Show with the Pigskin Prognosticator.
Well, Kiefer said this fight song for the Texas Tech Red Raiders was fire. It is. I, I, I don't know if it's fire or not, but fight, Raiders, fight. It's hard to beat a good fight song, man. And they've got the Longhorns on the schedule. Is this a Lubbock or Austin game? Austin. Oh, man. Then I think the Longhorns probably will be okay in this one. Yeah, best of luck to Texas Tech there. Texas Tech's had some unfortunate luck. They had Oregon early in the season. Yeah, that was never going to go good for them. Well, they, they hung in there. Barely. No, I thought they almost won that game. I think it was like 38. Let me, let me tell you, big skin prognosticator about college football. I think it was 38-30. Look up the score. Yeah, but it was a close game for a team like Oregon that's most likely yeah, going to shredding opponents. Yeah. Uh, did Oregon lose to Washington? Uh, yes, that's Oregon's lone loss. Okay. On the year. So they have a chance. Do they have a chance to play them again? Mm-hmm. Yep. They'll play them uh, in the – is that is, the, is the Pac-12 championship Pac-12 already championship, finalized? I believe. Okay. Let me just look. Let me go up to the well, next it won't week. be USC. No, it won't be USC. Who got beat by their rival, UCLA, last week. And they just look terrible doing it, man. USC, I mean, it's they've they've gone from, uh, you know, top of the world to coach on the hot seat, quarterback no longer in the Heisman discussion. Lincoln Riley may end up being back at his alma mater one day, which is the fight song I just played. Right. Because I don't think Red Raider fans are overly excited about who they've got. They're not, and I mean they shouldn't be. The on-field performance hadn't been hadn't been there. I think they're six and five this year, and you know it's a lackluster product out there on the field. So we'll see what they wind up getting. I know they're, you know the the coaching landscape is is getting crazy already, and the season's not even over yet. So I imagine we're in for another crazy off season of coaching carousels. Kiefer Ingles is the pigskin prognosticator. We're back here on the Y'all Show. We usually do this on Thursday, but we're not going to be on the air Thursday as it's Thanksgiving Day. So we ask the prognosticator to come on in here and help us get ready for rivalry weekend. And you mentioned that you're going to be wasting away your Thanksgiving evening at Davis Wade Stadium with the cowbell clangers. Yep. So where are you going to actually eat your Thanksgiving meal on Thanksgiving Day? Uh, well, I'm not. I'm eating a Thanksgiving meal this evening, and then I'm eating another Thanksgiving meal Friday at lunch. Um, so Thursday will be a frozen pizza that evening after the game, if I had to guess. Everything will be closed. Don't know what else, don't know what else other options I'll have. But you'll be in Startville. Uh, no, nah, we'll, we'll drive to Oxford, let the dogs off there, go to Startville for the game, come back, stay there. And then the dogs will be let out at Davis Wade Stadium. Uh, yeah, no, they'll against be, they'll them, be, they'll them be sharks. Up. Hey, they'll be let out by their four wheeler riding interim coach. Man, did you see that video come out of the uh-huh. locker room? So the Mississippi State locker room. This, this is so, you know, stereotypical because um, you, you know they're the ag school, whatever. And uh, in, the, in their locker room, their interim coach Greg Knox um, was getting the team hyped up pregame by ripping around on a four wheeler in them, the locker room. In the locker room, yeah. I can't believe you haven't seen this. No. It's pretty, pretty crazy. No, I don't. I watch more educational but, stuff. I mean, you know, to be fair. You know, they... They beat Southern Miss. They beat the crap out of Southern Miss. Mm-hmm. But that was expected because it's the worst Southern but, Miss team but, ever. But he did not take that four-wheeler out on the field? Negative. You know, well, Dion so. drives around on a, on a four-wheeler sometimes, I think. Yeah, he's got a... After that foot surgery, he had to have his little wheel push cart thing. Mm-hmm. But that's not what this guy knocks. No, this doing. was a, you know, a Honda Rincon 650 four-wheeler. <laughs> Country boy. You know, I, I'm not sure if they know that you could die of uh, the exhaust from those things. They probably didn't know that. Yeah. But they looked good in beating the Golden Eagles last week. Now, the other team from the state of Mississippi comes into Davis-Wade Stadium. And this team here, 
had a chance maybe if they knocked off Georgia to still be in consideration for the playoff. That's not going to happen this okay. year. And has the SEC been finalized, the championship? Yes, yeah, Georgia-Alabama. Okay, so that'll be in a couple of weeks. But this week, the rivalry week, you got the Mississippi team and the Mississippi State team. So uh, is this going to be a route? What's going to happen? I don't know, man. You know, it's – it could it could be a route. It could be a very close game. You never really know with the Egg Bowl. It's played pretty competitively every year. Well, one name's going to be back in the lineup, and that's Will Rogers, quarterback yes. for Mississippi State, who had that bad injury. He was out. So he's got a lot to play for. He's a Mississippi native. Yep. And MSU really gets fired up for that team from the school up north, as they call it. Oh, yeah, they do. And I may not see you next week. Why not? You think I, I'm going to get killed? Yeah, I think so. Well, I are mean, you gonna wear that sissy blue in there? I'm gonna wear me some sissy blue. Actually, I'm not because the color, uh, the color. Oh, coordinated, you're gonna follow the what? color coordinated school provided thing is navy. Well, so I'll probably be wearing some navy. However, my seats are right up there by the by the sideline. So I mean, if anybody wants to come attack me, then there I'll be. Okay. Well, someone who I'm extremely close with, I have to pull this up. I'm sure you've seen this too. They put out something. Just there we go. The seating the. Have you seen that? Someone you're close with put that out. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's a it's the diagram of Davis Wade Stadium and the, the stripe out. stripe out <laughs> for this game. But this particular graphic I'm looking at, the stripe out is in red and navy blue. Yeah, the whole not, student section not in, in maroon and white. Whole student sections in blue. <laughs> is it? So yeah, someone who I'm extremely close with uh, is uh, getting ready for rivalry week. That game's going on. Now, any other big games Thursday besides the Egg Bowl? There is one college football game Thursday, and that's, that's the Egg Bowl. Oh, There's right, three NFL games, and we don't care about those. No, we don't. Well, we do, sort of. It depends. What about Friday? Is that, yes. our, is that our Arkansas-Missouri game? I believe I believe they do play Friday. So there's a handful of games on Friday, and then the rest of them, of course, uh, take place on Saturday. The Friday games, though, the big ones that you're going to get, um, you're not going to get Arkansas-Missouri. Oh, yeah, yeah, you are at 3 o'clock on Friday. Um, that's the Oregon State-Oregon game. Um, starts at 7.30. That's a huge game, huge game. Civil War. Civil War, man. And that person I just mentioned who I'm extremely close with sent me something just like 30 minutes ago specifically about the Civil War. And it was like a really cool graphic of Donald oh, Duck yeah, and the cool. Beaver. It's like using whatever the AI to do. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Civil War Man, looking. AI. AI is the best thing that ever happened. Civil War looking deal. You make graphics like. But they got that going on out on the left coast. Uh, what about here in the south Saturday? You got so in the, the south on Saturday, I mean, obviously the Missouri-Arkansas game, Sam Pittman. That's Friday. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I got to say one more thing about Missouri Arkansas. So, Tell Arkansas me. athletic director came out and said they are retaining Sam Pittman for another year. Um, so they're going to be stuck with with that disaster for another year. We'll see how that winds up winds up panning out for them. But it hasn't gone too great so far. On Saturday, the South, you got the the Commodores from Vanderbilt going up to Neyland Stadium, taking on the Vols. I I mean I expect a route. I don't know if it's twenty seven points, but I mean, we'll how see. would you describe Tennessee's season? Uh, I mean, realistically, they did they think this was going to be better than last year? I think they did. They shouldn't have. But, I mean, we'll see it again next year. It'll be, they'll have a lot of hype coming in next season. I think this season is, I mean, it's a disappointment for sure. Okay. I but, don't think it, for, for Vols fans, I don't think it was ever I mean, if they just won, If they had won one of those games, whether it was Georgia or Alabama. They shouldn't have lost to Florida. Or even Florida. If, Maybe, they, if they go 10-2 and two and their two losses are to Alabama and Georgia, that's a successful season. Um but you know, losing to Missouri and Florida, 
yeah, kind of disappointment. Yeah, I forgot about losing to Mizzou. So Florida, by Florida's Mizzou. got FSU, and yes. if, if if the Gators don't win that game, I don't think they're going to a bowl. I believe Florida is yeah, they're five and six. Yeah, and you know their they're starting they're, quarterbacks out, so he broke his collarbone, and obviously Florida State's starting quarterback is out, and he broke his ankle. Um, so this is a this is a toss up game. Florida has the talent to compete in this. You know, I don't know if they've necessarily got the coaching, but Florida State just lost a lot of their, mm. you know, firepower with that quarterback. They also now, they also lost that top four spot in the playoff right now. They're they sitting did. at what number five? Yeah, because the com- the committee, you know, they take that that into account. You know, if you lose your star quarterback, you're probably not going to be as good as you were. So they've got a lot to prove. So. Their backup that's coming in, he's got the most weapons in the country, I'd argue, to throw at. So we'll see how they we'll see how they do. You're high on the Knolls, huh? Yeah, I love the Knolls. Do you? Yeah, All they're right. good. Maybe you should go down to Tallahassee or wherever that game they, is. They uh they utilize the transfer portal better than anybody this past season, I believe. I'm mad at them. I went into Dote Campbell back uh, at the end of last year trying to buy a FSU jersey for that same person that I'm very close with, and they didn't have any you could buy because that's right when the NIL stuff mm-hmm. started, and they only had the one jersey that had the one. That's what all these schools now have. Yep. They have, like, one number option for you. Stupid. And they had the jerseys we were looking for, but they wouldn't sell them to us. <laughs> it's not right. You know, what the, you know what you should do? What's that? You need to get on Twitter, and you need to find that player that you want, that the person very close to you enjoys watching. He didn't care. He just wanted a FSU. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. You got to DM one of the guys. So I'll give you five hundred bucks if you get me a jersey. Get you one. Okay, man. That's that, the move. That's bit. That's bit. Isn't that the word? It, there's a new term out there that that I've learned. Uh, okay, I, I guess. I think you may have mislearned the term. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's something like that. I'm trying to be all hip. I'm trying say that, to be yep. hip. So let's talk about ACC wise. You got Louisville. Yes. Louisville is going to be playing for the ACC championship. They got the cats coming into the Bird Palace. They do, and I mean the cats. What what are you going to get out of the cats? I mean they they've lost four out of the last five, and they have not looked very good at all. In any some of those say games. I, I watch Kentucky Sports Radio's video report after they lost to South Carolina this last week. Yeah, and they called that loss to Shane Beamer the worst loss during the Stoops era. That, I mean, that was the game they had won, and they let a as they pointed out the Furman Paladins scored more points. On South Carolina than the Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah. By a good margin, I think. I yeah. think by seven points. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. by eight. Yeah. So, Kentucky is at least bowl eligible to their credit, but... They're bowl eligible. Um, you know, they had a pretty hyped up transfer quarterback come in, Devin Leary, and he didn't pan out at all, anything like they expected. Um, and, that you know, their offensive line is, you know, shades of what it was the past couple of seasons. So, they, they've been struggling a little bit. Louisville, though, you know... They're the you know they have no ice in their veins. They have they have no clutch. They should be undefeated, but they lost to a horrible pit team, and now they're ten and one, and they're not going to go to the national championship. But so now they're playing for an ACC championship and a good bowl. I mean, that is that going to be with FSU? Yes, it'll be. Uh, that's already said. Louisville FSU. Yeah. Well, we wish uh, whoever the best there in the Commonwealth with that. But I think Stoops privately should be looking for another job. I don't think he'll be fired. But it would probably be in his best interest to try to get out of Kentucky. See, I don't know, man. I think I think Stoops has arguably one of the best jobs in the country, and I'm, I'll I'll argue my point here. You know, he makes eight million, eight and a half million dollars a year, um, and if you get eight wins, you're a legend, legend. 
So, I mean. But that's not going to fly anymore. Kentucky wants, just like any program, a little bit more. But it's and flown he's not, so far. He's not giving them I'm just a little that, bit more. Yeah, I'm riding that gravy train till it ends, All if, right. I'm, if I'm him. All right, well, we'll see what happens. Okay, let's talk about Big 12. You know, Bedlam has already been played. That was always a great little and game. It was, a, it was a good game this year. But normally we get it on this week instead of, you know, Whenever it mid-week. was. So we already talked about the Red Raiders in Texas. Do you anticipate a, a, a really close game there? Mr. Pigskin prognosticator? I mean, not, not really. The the game I more got my eyes on is Iowa State-Kansas State. I think I like Kansas State a lot, and Iowa State is 10-point underdogs in that, but they've got a flair for the dramatic, and I can see that being a little bit of a close one down there. All right, so that's going on there. What about TCU? They, they they play Oklahoma, I believe. Yeah. So that's going to be a pretty good game. And Oklahoma, they've they've left some questions on how good they are, but TCU has left no questions. Uh, they suck. Yeah. What <laughs> happened with TCU? Who all did they lose big from last year's national championship appearance team? So there's about 80 people on the roster, and they lost about 63. Did they really? Yeah. So they, I mean, it's a totally different team. Did they? Move on to other colleges. It was a, it was, a, it was an older team. Uh, okay. A lot of a lot of the better players transferred out um, if they were younger, but a lot of the guys just graduated. Okay. Yeah. So TCU last year was a big go home win or go home year for them. And I'm I'm trying to remember was that Sonny Dykes first year? Yes. Uh no, it was his second year. I second believe. year. All right. Very odd. Let me just see, confirm there. Very odd to see Coach Patterson, the old TCU coach, it, you know, wearing his Longhorn garb last year. I don't know if he's still doing that job this year for. Steve Sarkeesian or not, but that's the way the business works, Mr. Kiefer. Cutthroat, man. Absolutely cutthroat. Yes, sir. All right, let's talk about FCS playoffs. You got that schedule? I do not. Do well, not have a schedule. Let me pull it Got to congratulate a couple of teams who made the playoffs, some of which get to sit out this week. They have earned the automatic uh, deal to stay away. Congratulations to the Chattanooga Mocs. Yeah, they look good, man. Well, Seven and four. Of course, they got just absolutely pummeled, but they scored ten points. <laughs> so that's good uh, against Alabama. Yes, but they did make the FCS playoffs. Yep, they, they played they Austin P, play. I believe. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Battle of Tennessee. Oh, let me confirm that. Nine three one versus the whatever. Yeah, they play at two four, o'clock on Saturday. What is Chattanooga four? Four two three. Four two three. Yeah. Right. So two o'clock on Saturday, Chattanooga versus Austin P. That game is in Fortera Stadium at the campus of Austin P. All right. Jamie Parker University. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, what you got. Any of the other games pulled up there? FC? Yeah. Um, so Duquesne and Youngstown State. Youngstown State. They've they've had a pretty decent team this year. You know, they've put up a lot of points in their games. However, Duquesne. You know, they've pretty much all their games have been one score games. So I mean, that that could be a, a pretty close matchup there. Um, Drake. They've got. They unluckily enough drew North Dakota State. Um, you know, Drake. They're eight and three, but. I don't think they have much of a chance of winning this game. Just uh, it's time to move on to basketball for them. They look decent on the hardwood. Other than that, though, I mean, another matchup I like is I like Gardner Webb Mercer. Man, I, I watched a couple of Mercer games this year. They look they have a good offense. You think so? Yeah. You think I like they'll Mercer. look good against the running Bulldogs? I mean, they put up like thirty a game. And I mean, we'll see. Running Bulldogs of Gardner Webb, just outside of Charlotte, been to a game there before. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Been there to the game after the game. The visiting team took their showers, and if you were there still in the stands, you would have seen players one, walking around with towels on. <laughs> what happened? Because the dressing room there is not big enough or something. That it's pretty pretty wild. Maybe they fixed that. 
That's a Baptist school, by the way, I believe there. I didn't realize that. In Boiling Springs, North Carolina. Didn't realize that. Well, Baptist I, stronghold up there, though. Yeah, and I guess they like to have the opposing players walk around naked. naked. <laughs> you never know nowadays. Yeah, I wasn't looking for it. I was at well outside the locker room, but uh, you see a lot of stuff when you stick around after ball games. Kiefer, we're glad that you stuck around here on the Y'all Show. So, Sir, thanks for having me, man. Wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. As you said, you've got football on your mind. Yep. We even I know you said, I don't care about the pros, but there's actually an NFL couple games, of course, on Thanksgiving Day. You would be wrong. There's three. I said a couple. A couple would be two. A couple plus one. <laughs> you got the You're getting Lions. With it now. Who do the Lions have? No idea. They should win, though. The Lions look good, man. I know the Cowboys play the... Uh, Lions are probably leading the black and blue division. Yes. Yeah. yeah they're first in their division. Um, Lions, Packers, Cowboys, Commanders, 49ers, Seahawks. Oh, oh, slow down, slow down. Lions. Packers. Packers. All right, that's good. Cowboys, little rivalry. Cowboys. Commanders. And the Redskins, okay. The Washington football team. Yep, and then who's the last one? 49ers and Seahawks. Over on the left coast. All right. Then we got a Black Friday game in the NFL. Yeah, so the Jets and the uh, Dolphins. When they've been really promoting that. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, you got a third stringer starting for the Jets and the Dolphins that are poised to just obliterate them. So we'll see. Now, Wilson the other day when he played, he got sent to the bench. Is that because he wasn't playing good? He got sent to the bench. And not only did he get sent to the bench, he got sent to the end of the bench. So he is, is that right? He is not, he's not the second string guy, he's not the first string guy. He's a third. He's on his way to the practice squad. Yeah, it we'll be like. seeing you, Zach Wilson. He's rich, though, so I don't guess it matters. He mm. made like $10 million. He's got a good-looking mom. I mean, he's, You don't know that story? Oh, I've heard the story. Yeah, I, I, I've actually heard more so that his mom's friends are the good-looking ones. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. I just remember when he first started. He wasn't started. hooking up with his mom. He was hooking up with Who? his mom's friends. Who? Zach Wilson. Oh, I didn't know that story. You didn't know this. No, but, but oh, dude. But his so mom became call- a viral sensation. Yes. Whenever. Yeah, so his mom is, you know, she's got the, you know, the Republican lady look. <laughs> um, uh, his mom's friends, though, yeah, have been hooking up with Zach Wilson. Really? Yeah, it was a big to do about a he, year ago. He's really a big fan of the Cougars. You could say so, <laughs> <laughs> Mister BYU himself. That's hilarious. All right. Yeah, look into that story when you when you during the break here. Zach, yeah. Zach Wilson. Why didn't man. you tell me that before you came on? That's all we have talked about. I mean, I guess I should have. We'll yeah. have stay on for another. What hour. kind of pigskin <laughs> prognosticator are you, Kiefer? Always great to have you on here, and. uh I guess next week we'll be previewing the championship weekend of college yep. football. Conference championship week. And that includes Alabama. Georgia's five and a half, and five and a half point favorites already, so get your bets in. All right, well, well, we'll break that down, and then Louisville as well as FSU and the ACC. All that coming up. That's next week. Happy Thanksgiving, sir. Happy Thanksgiving, my man. We're going to wrap this y'all show up with some food talk, some food for thought. That's coming up as we conclude this week's program about Dixie. Said a Mustang and a GTO. They were ribbing engines and talking trash. They'd run for titles, they'd run for cash. All the way. All the way. Yeah. 
Got to watch out for Hardin County. Thank you, Mark Colley. We're going to wrap y'all up here for this week with some fun, courtesy of the folks that do. It's a Southern thing. If you haven't seen those videos on social media, you're missing out. They do a great job. And they put out one as a little food for thought for us. Southerners on Thanksgiving. Here's a little Southern humor for you. Getting ready for Turkey Day. Your Uncle Jeremy is bringing his new girlfriend this year, and she's bringing the stuffing. So, (laughs) tells us all we need to know about her. I counted nine casseroles for five people. Are we sure that's enough food? Remember to pace yourself. Once we finish here, we got lunch with my granny at noon, your sister at two, and my parents at six. And I'll be on the toilet till Christmas. All right, the first person that brings up politics, the bachelorette, or cryptocurrency at the table has got to leave. (laughs) Some fun stuff there again from It's a Southern Thing. They do a real good job of promoting the South in a humorous way. Thank you for that little clip. Go check out the rest of Every Southerner on Thanksgiving is the name of that video. And some good food talk there coming from them, too. Well, we appreciate you tuning in. Happy Thanksgiving to all y'all. We will be off the air Thursday and Friday. We'll see you back here Monday. Until then, have a great Thanksgiving and be safe out there, y'all.